Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Wednesday morning, kind of a cool Wednesday morning, as we're not looking for temperatures to get out of the 20s today. 20 right now, but 29 for the high today. We'll have sunshine today, but we're going to get northwesterly winds keeping us cool, and then uh, tomorrow... Looks like some precipitation could start out as snow, transition to rain as we're going to get low 40s tomorrow. But we'll talk about that later on. Mike Dandria will join us. But here at the shank of the day, it's chore time. Bob and Jill with us. And Jill just told me she's going to graduate from college this spring with honors. Congratulations. Well, thank you. When does this all happen? When do you walk across the stage and receive your diploma from the dean? Uh, Mart, or May 6th. All right. She told me I'm not walking. I, I don't you, know that I need to you, walk. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You only graduate from college once unless you're some of those professional students that <laughs> get six or eight degrees. But uh, it's an honor. You worked hard for it. And uh, well, to make sure your kids know that uh, you're going to walk across that stage. All right. So we've got uh, that solved. That problem is solved. I suppose you spent, now that you're an honors graduate from... Uh, <laughs> What is it, uh, Stout or UW-Eau UW-Stout. UW-Stout. Well, that's great. Congratulations, though. So that's good. Now, uh, I suppose now that you're an honors graduate, you took some time off and watched the Badger basketball team play last night. I was kind of busy yesterday. Calvin? Yep. We had four new calves yesterday. Oh, wow. So we're up to 29. Man, oh, man. Good deal. So four of them. Well, hopefully after today now it'll warm up. Although they're still Saturday Looks like 30s again. But anyway, Badger basketball team played about half a game. <laughs> the second half, they didn't play at all. I can't believe this. The la- They lost by two points. They scored 13 points, I think, in the second half. The last nine minutes of the game, they didn't score. What a squad. <laughs> 
<laughs> Does he need to find help? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen down there at Madison, but that basketball team really went out with a thud last night. Otherwise, things are not so bad. Traveling, if you're going east to the farm show, shouldn't have much problem with sunshine today. If you're going south to Ag Day at the Capitol, shouldn't have much problem down there either. So lots going on that we're going to talk about this morning right here on Wax. We'll update that weather for you. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's going to be a sunny day today, but it'll be windy. Northwest winds can keep us probably in the 20s for highs today, maybe 29. That's about it. And then down to 12 overnight, partly cloudy. By tomorrow morning, it uh, will be cloudy. Chance of precipitation probably starting out as some snow, then transitioning to rain as the day goes along and it warms up to about 41. And then Friday, more of that chance of rain and windy again on Friday and partly sunny on Saturday, but the high only 38. But hang in there. Sunday, it's supposed to be 52. It's 20 degrees right now. On a Wednesday at 5 o'clock, about a minute after, actually, this is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Let's get caught up. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. An Alabama police officer is dead and another remains hospitalized in critical condition after they were shot on Tuesday. It happened at an apartment complex in Huntsville where deputies were responding to a shots fired call. A citizen was also shot. Authorities say an offender initially barricaded himself inside an apartment, but has since been apprehended. The White House is asking where the Republican budget proposal is. The president released his budget three weeks ago, and so far all we've seen from Speaker McCarthy and MAGA Republicans in Congress are proposals that would blow up the deficit. The Biden administration is asking this as Speaker Kevin McCarthy demands President Biden come to the negotiating table over raising the debt ceiling. White House Principal Deputy Press Secretary Olivia Dalton said Congress has a constitutional obligation to pass a clean debt ceiling bill like they did three times in the Trump administration. Her comments came after McCarthy sent a letter to the president this week accusing him of putting an already fragile economy in jeopardy by refusing to negotiate. While Republicans are pushing the White House to agree to spending cuts as a condition for raising the debt limit, Biden has called on the GOP to accept an increase without conditions. Dominion Voting Systems wants to put Fox News hosts and executives on the witness stand in its $1.6 billion defamation case. Brian Shook reports. That includes President Jay Wallace and on-air hosts Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, and Laura Ingram, among others. The company is suing Fox over claims it made that it rigged the 2020 presidential election. Dominion has said in court filings that it would have been impossible for its systems to flip votes from Trump to Biden, as many on Fox suggested. I'm Brian Shook. And a citywide candlelight vigil is set for Wednesday night in Nashville after this week's school shooting that left three young children and three adults dead. It's meant to honor the lives of the victims of the Covenant School. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Nice looking day if you're heading to Oshkosh or Madison, the farm show in Oshkosh, Ag Day at the Capitol. It'll be uh, sunny today, northwest winds, it'll be windy, but uh, high only 29, so keep the windows rolled up. Tonight, down to 12, partly cloudy, and for Thursday, cloudy, chance of precipitation starting out as probably a little light snow transitioning to rain. 41, the high tomorrow. Friday, again, chance of rain, windy conditions out there, high of 44, 
38 on Saturday, partly sunny. 52 on Sunday, partly cloudy. It's cool right now. Rice Lake and Medford at 17. Wausau 24, Marshfield 23, Lacrosse 26, 30 over in Green Bay, 36 in the Madison Sun Prairie area, Milwaukee at 38 here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, 20 degrees right now. We're only going to get to about 29 today. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's take a look at the market numbers this morning, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, the cash livestock numbers. Choice fed beef steers are 158 to 168 and a half with mixed at 126 to 157. Choice fed beef heifers are 159 to 169 with mixed at 110 to 158. Choice fed Holstein steers are 135 to 146 with select and silage fed steers 105 to 133. Cows are 70 to 86 with bulls at 81 to 113. Butch hogs are 40 to 76. Sows are 35 to 48 with boars at 15 to 23 and a half. New crop market lambs are 135 to 150. Feeder lambs are 70 to 270. Ewes are 60 to 125. Small goats are 30 to 195. Medium goats are 75 to 250. Large goats are 155 to 420. Nanny goats are 50 to 230. At the Mercantile Exchange, live cattle higher yesterday. April closed at 164.95. That's up a nickel. June live cattle 158.90 up two. August 158.72 up 12. October at 163.05. That was up 32. Feeder cattle were mostly lower. April down 40 at 197.22. May down 57 at 200.80. And August 216.90. That was down a dime. September was up seven. 219.52. Hogs were lower across the board. April lean hog carcass contract, 77.75 at the close, down 87. May at $86, even down 72. June, 92.72, down 35. And July at 94.67, down 47. Board of Trade yesterday, May contracts for mixed corn was down about a penny in uneven trade. May beans were up 25 cents. The wheat was up 12. The beans up uh, 25 cents, re- rebounding from last week's sell-off. And uh, wheat was higher, highest close in over a month. A little concern about dryness in the winter wheat areas. July corn overnight down a fraction at 628. Oats down four cents at 366. Wheat up a nickel at 716. Soybeans for July down a nickel at 1439. And meal down 90 cents, 452.70. Not the best week for dairy markets. Barrel cheese down a cent and a quarter to $1.95. Blocks down six and three quarters to 203 and a quarter and the only up trade was in butter up two and a half cents at 237 march class three down to 1805 april down 24 at 1952 may down 44 at 1858 june down 25 at 1835 and july down 12 at 1876 and that's the way the markets look early this morning brought to you by the folks at rural mutual insurance 20 degrees right now we'll get to 29 should be a nice sunny day today. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Today in our Provision Partners Cooperative Program, we're going to talk to Jason Burden. And Jason is a livestock production specialist out of the Auburndale Mill over in central Wisconsin. And, uh, Jason, we're getting to a, a change in season. We're going to talk about uh, feeding those herds that are in a robot milking situation. How much difference, just in general, if at all, 
is there in feeding a robot herd versus a parlor herd or a freestall herd or just a, a traditional stanchion barn herd? Well, as we move forward, you just brought up the stanchion barn herd there, Bob. And one of the things is, is with the individualized feeding of robots, basically if we've got 60 or 120 or 180 cows in that pen, technically we have about 180 different rations. And the crazy thing is, is every cow is eating what's called a PMR, a partially mixed ration. So we take some of that energy and protein that those cows would typically get in your traditional PMR, and we remove that. We put that through the robot, whether it be as a pellet or as a grain mix or as maybe possibly being corn gluten feed, depending on what type of equipment that producer has. And when we pull that energy away, that's basically the hired man or the hired lady, whoever's job is or responsibility is to to bring those cows from the from the freestyle barn to the holding pen, but uh, it's our job as nutritionists to then balance that difference and say, all right, girls, you know, this robot is here 24-7, you're in the pen 24-7. It's our job is to allow that energy needs to be split just a little bit so those cows are, hey, I want to go get my candy, I want to go get my treat. So they head on over to the robot. But thinking back historically, you know, the old days of, old of feeding in a stanchion barn when many producers were hand feeding which some producers still are so we know you know bestie is making 120 pounds of milk well you get more than elsie standing next to you who's making 80 pounds of milk and we do the same things with those robots and we adjust those ups and downs based on what part of her lactation she may be in or how much milk is she making at that time bob and we're able to do that because of the, the technology that can read which cow is in the robot at which time and uh, it will release the right feed for that particular cow? Right. It'll release that amount of feed. It's on a feeding table that's programmed within that technology into that robot. But uh, when she comes in, it'll identify her as number 784. And, okay, she gets this much feed. Her milk production estimate is supposed to be such today, and it'll... It'll change that amount. Now, is she trending up or is she trending down? Are we getting close to a dry off where we need to start removing some feed from her every day? So that allows her to, you know, it allows our producers to allow to her to tailor that need without her getting fat. Um, also, you know, we have always talked about those low group cows. You know, it's like we want to save some cost. Well, these robots allow us to individually start putting cows on a low group track and say, all right, you're good, girl. You're going to start drying off here. We're going to slowly take it away without you crashing on milk production. But at the same time, you know, maintaining in the pen, we don't have to pull you out and research or anything like that. But as far as uh, the individualized feeding that you mentioned, there are some basics that you still have to have. I mean, the forage quality has to be there. You have to get the protein to them. It's just uh, based on production, you fine-tune it a little bit. Right. You know, we still want to make sure we've got that wonderful haylage, grass silage, you know, corn silage, baled hay. We've got those, you know, those basic needs met. You know, we can have the greatest piece of technology in the world, but in the face, you know, if we don't have some of those fundamentals that we learned a long time ago done correctly, you know, if we have bad forage or if we have inadequate amounts of forage being fed to those cows, guess what? Now all of a sudden they're trying to come to the robot for energy because they're just, basically hungry and uh, we're just trying to make sure that that's correct all the way through as far as the feeding techniques we're we're fine-tuning like we said earlier more than changing the feeding right you know when we started putting these together and when i got my first 
taste of robot herds about five years ago, you know, there was a lot of people telling us, hey, you got to do this, this, and this. And all we did is we just basically simplified some things, Bob, and realized, okay, this makes a really good pellet, and in that situation, and this doesn't. So then we just started shuffling things. Is this going in the PMR, or is this going in the robot pellet? And, uh, yeah, just basically started splitting that apart, but at the same time, you still need that energy split for them to say, hey, I'm still hungry, I need to go get that little bit more out of that robot over there. Technique might be a little different, but you're still feeding a cow in the robot. It's just a little bit different. Hey, Jason, thanks, and uh, hopefully you have a good Easter. Hey, you too, Bob. We're going to be down in Gulf Shores, Alabama, sitting on the beach. But, yes, we're going to have a great time. Good for you, and we'll worry about the robots back here without you then. Jason Burden. Jason Burden with us, a livestock production specialist at the Auburndale Mill on our Provision Partners Co-op Program. Some of these guys are gone all the time. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, have a, have a good trip down to uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. If you need help with your robots and the feeding program, get a hold of Jason over there at Provision Partners in Auburndale. Almost 17 minutes after 5 o'clock, we'll take a look at some more of our farm news coming up on WAC. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we got 18 minutes after 5 o'clock. Uh, Jill, what's going on? Major farm equipment manufacturers like John Deere, Case IH, and New Holland have given in somewhat on the right to repair issue. They've all signed agreements that would allow more access to their diagnostic tools and manuals for farmers and local repair shops so they can work on their own machines. But apparently, it's still not enough. According to reports in the DTN network, a bipartisan group of 27 attorneys general have written a letter to Congress urging them to pass right-to-repair legislation for farm equipment, automobiles, and digital consumer goods. Wisconsin Attorney General Josh Call was one of the 27 attorneys general who signed that letter to Congress. Wisconsin U.S. Senators Tammy Baldwin and Ron Johnson are two of the lead sponsors of the Codifying Useful Regulatory Definitions, or the CURD Act. The bill would help better inform consumers concerning cheese purchasing decisions and give more clarity and understanding of Wisconsin's cheese industry. It would also come up with a formal definition of natural cheese. Right now, there is no official definition of natural cheese. The senators say the bill would distinguish between natural and processed cheeses, with which use extra steps in processing. The term natural cheese would be defined as cheese that is produced from animal milk or other dairy ingredients and is produced to, in accordance with established cheese-making practices. The Curd Act. They had to go wise to find some words that would make it work, but they got it done. All right, some more farm news coming up as we uh, take a look this morning. Also coming up, a conversation having to do with, uh, well, what's going on in the state legislature. Travis Trannell, head of the Assembly Ag Committee, got some bills and road repairs. What's going on next on WAX? WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 
Local road improvements is one of the priorities at the state capitol. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and I caught up with Representative Travis Trannell. He chairs the Assembly Agriculture Committee, and he's a dairy farmer in southwest Wisconsin. Some of the highlights from our conversation is that he wants to see local infrastructure improvements and continued producer-led watershed grants. Representative Travis Trannell tells me all about what he's hearing and proposing at the state capitol in Madison. Right now, the state of Wisconsin, hopefully most of your listeners know, we are in a pretty strong fiscal position. We have anywhere between a 7 and $8 billion budget surplus, depending upon what estimate you believe. And what that means for rural Wisconsin and agriculture in particular means we have opportunities. Uh, There are a lot of people that are asking for those dollars, and it's our job, especially on the Agricultural Committee, to make sure that rural Wisconsin and farmers have a seat at the table. And so, uh, as we should be doing, we're trying to take advantage of this budget opportunity, and in particular, one thing we're working on now that a lot of your listeners might be interested in We're trying to create a program where we recognize that there are 62,000 miles of town road in the state of Wisconsin, and it's unfeasible for us to improve all of those roads at once. The fiscal would just be way too high. But what we're trying to do is come up with a program where we can identify rural roads, whether they be county or towns, that would impact agriculture in a significant way. And then hopefully we can redo and enhance those roads. A lot of people farm on town roads. I'm a dairy farmer. Our farm is on a town road. Right now it's posted. So we're having a difficult time. Uh, We bed with sand. We can't get sand in. Uh, So there's lots of examples where farmers do more damage to their machinery uh, on town and county roads than they do in the fields. Uh, That's a problem. And so uh, our committee right now, uh, we're in the process of drafting legislation where we can hopefully create a program where we can start to tackle these issues, not all 62,000 miles of town road at once, but a smaller, more targeted approach where roads that have significant economic impact, especially when it comes to rural Wisconsin, agriculture, forestry, et cetera, can be improved. Can you help us understand the scope of what the Assembly A Committee does? Yeah, that's a a great point you bring up because one of my frustrations uh, as not only a producer but also somebody who has served in the legislature now for seven terms is that a lot of our ag policy is federal and it's directed by the United States Department of Agriculture. But people don't realize our state Department of Ag, we call it DATCAP, has a lot of influence and a lot of reach when it comes to how we do state regulation. And so things like CAFO permits, for example, that all comes from the state, does not come from the feds. Uh, Infrastructure, which we're talking about now, the state primarily is going to have to be the ones that takes uh, the forefront in that effort, especially because Wisconsin's $105 billion ag industry, the reality of that is most of that is done off of town and county roads. You don't have a whole lot of farms that use interstate uh, for their access point, for example. So I often tell people that if we were talking about siting a factory, for example, you wouldn't think twice about improving the infrastructure, whether it be increased highways, more sewer, more water, etc. But when it comes to farming, 
in rural Wisconsin, we really haven't done anything to significantly invest in our infrastructure for the last 50 or 60 years. And the reality is, look at how farming has changed now. Uh, the equipment's just gotten bigger, whether that's the farm implements themselves or even the trucks that are taking products from the farm or bringing products to the farm. And I think it's imperative that we understand as a state government, if we're going to continue to rely on the agricultural industry, which we obviously are, it's our second biggest industry in the state, is responsible for the employment of roughly 430,000 people, you have to invest in that infrastructure from time to time. Not only roads, we're doing it with broadband too, because these farms now are relying on technology more than they ever have. And so that's just uh, one example of something that uh, we're focused on in the Ag Committee right now as we speak. What have you been hearing? What have you been learning in the conversations you've had with different egg groups and, and farmers? Yeah, the ag groups are always so important, and that's any time I get an opportunity to talk to a farmer or a producer, I often tell them that it's important that they are active and involved in those groups because those groups do have a big voice at the Capitol. Uh, right now, as we've mentioned, we're going through the budget process, and there's uh, lots of things that the ag groups have brought to our attention, uh, farmland preservation being one of them. We want to make sure that we can uh, up the spend that we are currently uh, doing in that program because obviously protecting Wisconsin farmland is so important. Producer-led watershed groups is another thing that we're hearing a lot about, and I've seen that firsthand. That's another example of where I really appreciate the ability to both be in the legislature and be a producer, because no matter what we quote-unquote tell farmers or producers to do, they're never going to do it unless they believe in it themselves. And these producer-led watershed groups have just been a fantastic example of where farmers and the industry themselves have figured out what works. And then because they see it work on their farm or their neighbor's farms, they want to do it. And uh, we can't overemphasize enough how farmers are the best conservationists that there are. And anytime I get an opportunity to remind somebody, especially from a more urban setting, that farmers care about the land as much, if not more than anybody, because it's our livelihood. It's what we want to pass on to the next generation. It's key that we realize that producers and farmers want to take care of their resources, and they don't need to be regulated to death to do it. Uh, so obviously, uh, watching that play out in the budget process. But ultimately, uh, Anytime those ag groups come in, they have our ear, and we're always looking uh, forward to not only hearing what they have to say, but more importantly, hearing what their members have to say. Representative, you've referred back to the home farm quite a bit during our conversation. Why don't you tell us about the farm? Sure. So I farm in uh, southern Grant County in the southwest part of the state. Our farm is about 15 minutes from Iowa, 15 minutes from Illinois. It's right on the Mississippi River. It's a dairy farm. We milk about 550 to 600 cows. Uh, I started farming pretty early in life. My father was unfortunately diagnosed with multiple myeloma cancer uh, when I was in high school, and that's really when I took over our farm. And for about the first 10 years, I milked about 100 cows and had a couple employees. And then about 10 years ago, I brought in uh, three of my first cousins, and we expanded our farm and formed a partnership. Uh, we farm under the umbrella Trano Family Farms, and uh, fortunately, uh, that's really been what's allowed me to be an active member in the legislature and still uh, maintain my true passion, which is farming. So it's just wonderful to be able to do both jobs and, and do them both pretty well. And again, it's because just like so many of your listeners out there uh, back home, we're just in part of a family farm and hopefully be for a very long time to come. And that's Representative Travis Trannell, chair of the Assembly Ag Committee. And again, he'll be one of those 
Looking forward to visitors at the Capitol today. It's Egg Day at the Capitol. Starts about 11 o'clock this morning down at the Monona Terrace on uh, Lake Monona there, just a couple of blocks below the Capitol. And then about uh, 1 o'clock, they'll have some legislative briefings. And then about 3 o'clock, they'll leave for Capitol visits. They'll go visit their state representative and state senators in their office at the state Capitol. So if you're heading down that way, travel safely and... uh, Give them the what for. <laughs> Tell them what does uh, Representative Trannell talk about. We need things in rural Wisconsin. Roads, we need all kinds of things. And, uh, you know, broadband, uh, good list. You know better than than most because you live it every day. So if you're going to Ag Day at the Capitol, again, be prepared. Take a list of things. You know, don't go in there and say, oh, I think, well, we're... No, make yourself a list ahead of time, and I'm sure the folks in the Farm Bureau and other organizations are uh, giving you an idea of some of the issues to talk about. But if you've got some other issues that are on the list, feel free to bring them up. That's what you're going down there for. So have a safe trip down to Madison for Ag Day at the Capitol today. 5.30 in the morning, we'll get some markets. Rocky will join us next here on WAC. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get over to Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Rocky Olson joins us, and uh, you had a busy day yesterday. You sold a, a lot of cattle that weren't black and white. That's right. That was a little interesting day, that's for sure. So, How'd it go? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, I'll tell you about it. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how uh, yesterday's special monthly dairy heifer auction shaped up. Had a little bigger heifer sale than we expected yesterday. We saw 575 head of dairy heifers. Uh, market was very strong yesterday. We did have that feature consignment of them uh, registered brown Swiss. We sold 135 of them from that one offering. Uh, baby calves right through shortbread heifers. Uh, your top open heifer sold a 700-pound yearling, brought 35 $500. Most of the yearling open heifers brought fifteen to $3,200. Uh, we had a 500-pound heifer bring 3200 So newborn uh, Swiss calves sold up to 1700 on the babies. Uh, 135 heifers averaged $2.55 a pound, and we had heifers selling up to $13 per pound. Uh, we sold heifers to many, many states off that deal, and the Holsteins as well. Um, they, they went all over the country, too. Most some open heifers, them Holstein sold from a dollar twenty to a dollar seventy per pound. We sold Jersey open heifers up to a dollar eighty-five. Uh, springing heifers up to twenty-one hundred. Excellent demand yesterday. Thanks uh, for everybody that was involved in that auction. Uh, today, Wednesday, we get another dairy cattle auction. We got three herd dispersals today. We got a really good tie stall herd. We got seventy-five Holstein and Red Holstein cows. Uh, they're uh, free stall adapted, also milked in a tie stall. 83-pound average, 4-1 butterfat, 100 on the cell count, herd cells on task. Guys, if you're looking for some really good cows, you certainly want to look at that herd. 30 years of AI breeding. We got uh, many loads of top fresh cows. Uh, we got two organic herds. Uh, just note, we'll sell that conventional herd, <clears throat> the good conventionals before the organics. But uh, two herds of organic Holstein, Fleck V Cross, Jersey Cross, Shorthorn Cross, Normandy Cross. Uh, we'll have lots of color in there, guys. Uh, lots more uh, other conventionals and organics will sell after those herds, too. Full list with the details and pictures on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us at Premier 715-229-2500. Don't forget, if you can't make the sale, uh, we got online bidding through Cattle USA. We've seen it yesterday, guys. If you guys want to bid on 
online. You need to make sure to get pre-registered on Cattle USA. Uh, send a letter of good standing from your bank along with that. That'll speed that process up. But uh, it's really hard to get approved on sale day. Um, so uh, special feeder cattle auctions also coming up next week. Uh, got a nice herd of Angus cows for that deal. Lots of feeder cattle. We're expecting 800 to 1,000 head for next Tuesday. So any questions, give us a call. But, yeah, it was a good day, Bob. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, have a good day, too, but uh, keep your shoulders hunched. It's only going to be uh, 29 and a little windy out there. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, even though it's been a little warmer, it's just a lot of dampness in the air. But, hey, it's a lot better than snow and everything else. <laughs> that's for sure. Have a good one, Rocky. Thank you. All right. There goes Rocky over there at Premier Livestock. Well, let's find out about our weather right now. Because uh, the man in the weather room joins us, Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13, courtesy of Christensen Sales in Abbotsford. And, uh, boy, we just can't get any southern wind coming this way, Mike. Not for today, no. it's uh, It would be nice because that would bump our temperatures up. But, uh, yeah, we'll have that northerly wind today that, unfortunately, will be breezy, too. So while our highs only get into the upper 20s, it may only feel like it's into the teens for a good bit of today, but tonight we will be dipping into the teens as we start off mainly clear. But then Thursday, starting off with some cloud cover, eventually seeing some wet, heavy snow into the mid-afternoon before we get a plume of warmer air working in. We finally get a little bit of that southerly wind, but that'll also bring us a few chances at some rain, possibly some thunderstorms as well going into Friday. Now, most of those likely hanging out further towards the south, but we could still hear a rumble or two of thunder. Otherwise, Friday night, then we start to see that transition to snow yet again, which... Well, it could be heavy at times, maybe even some thunder snow out of that, maybe get a little excited. But otherwise, Saturday, we'll have a mostly sunny sky, but cooler with highs only into the upper 30s and, of course, breezy to kick us off. Then Sunday, we get those winds out of the south, still breezy, but that'll help push our temperatures up quite a bit. And we have a pretty good chance of hitting 50 degrees for the first time in Eau Claire this year. Another chance on Monday, another pretty good chance at that. But then Tuesday, we start to cool things off as another storm system may be heading our way. That could bring us some rain. But right now, we have a temperature of 18 degrees in Eau Claire. Going the wrong direction. It was 20 a little while ago. Yeah, and Bob, the uh, wind chill into the single digits, 8 degrees for that right now, too. So that's also going in the wrong direction. I was hoping we were done with wind chills. Yeah, you and me both. All right. Thanks, Mike. You bet. Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 looking at our weather. Morgan's coming up with the news all on WAX. Keeping it rural. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom this morning as we look at our news and weather. Of course, brought to you by Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. You know, you. I was just thinking as I was listening to uh, to Rocky. And oh no! To- <laughs> no good sentence starts with Bob Bolsold saying, "You know, I was just thinking." But but yeah, continue, my friend. Very often, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, continue. No, I was just wondering because you're kind of a, a jack of all trades. I bet you'd be a good auctioneer. Do you ever think of going to auctioneer school? You know, I've often considered uh, just getting up there and talking really fast and seeing how much money we can get people to say. I'm fascinated by auctioneers because you don't see it anymore. You don't hear anybody going into auctioneering. Oh, well, well, there's a lot of good young auctioneers, but it, that's not. No, I know what you're saying, but uh, there is nothing better than listening to a good auctioneer chant, is there? No, this is it's such an art. It's, it's mystifying when art. you sit out there. And... It's what I feel like when I have all my nieces and my daughter. <laughs> running around my yard. I feel like, I think all parents are auctioneers at some point That's when they're trying right. to get their kids in for supper, right? Boy, that is for sure. Well, don't 
do the news in an auctioneer chant, but what's going on? <laughs> we can do that. We'll keep it at a steady pace here. Good morning. Here's what we're learning. We'll start with headlines that keep us in the state and include an update from a court case. An Illinois woman accused of killing her husband's grandmother is bound over for criminal trial. This is in Lafayette County. Shannon Boosin is facing first-degree intentional homicide charges in connection with the death of 83-year-old Lynn Montgomery. Detectives in that sheriff's office say she probably smothered Montgomery in her home in the village of Benton in late February. Investigators say cell phone data shows Boussinat or near the victim's residence hours before she told police that she arrived there. Closer to us, UWO Claire student pleads guilty to making terroristic threats for a post on social media platform Yik Yak last fall. Mason Waymeyer admitted to making a post that said, quote, there's a bomb at Towers, end quote. That's a residence hall on campus. This was after a night of drinking. He said he was dared to do it. The plea deal means he has to remain sober for a year and a half, write an apology letter to campus, and not commit any crimes. No shortage of action around the city council meeting table last night. The vote ended up 9-1 to annex land from the town of Washington. Over 430 acres previously known as Orchard Hills will be added to the south side of the city as residents did rally in opposition to the move leading up to and at the meeting. Council last June approved annexing what is now known as that Stuart Haig CDPG development. Meanwhile, City of Eau Claire's proposed $30 annual vehicle registration fee, you probably know it more commonly as that wheel tax, will not go into effect. 5-5 vote there on that fee. Drivers, you already pay a $30 annual vehicle registration fee here in the city. Well, the Wisconsin Veterans Museum Foundation gets $10 million donation to go towards a new Wisconsin Veterans Museum in Madison. That money comes from a philanthropist who says the new museum will help his goal of creating a cultural arts district downtown. The museum will cost $120 million, and that will be located in the same place as the current one, which is West Mifflin Street. And Bob has his Bucky Badger shirt on today, but we're going to Texas for a different kind of Bucky. Fossilized species of beaver was discovered more than 80 years ago, and guess what? They stole our name. The popular Texas chain of country stores has got a hat-wearing beaver as its mascot. Researchers at UT Austin rediscovered the fossils of a previously unknown ancient beaver species inside the school's fossil collections. They've named the species a Bucky after the chain store and its cartoon mascot. A partial beaver skull fossil was discovered in 1941, and a museum curator died before he could officially name the new species. I'm Mark Mayfield. And here in Bucky Land, we send it back to the barn with Bob Bolsol, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Yeah, Bucky didn't do very well last night. Maybe it would have changed to a beaver. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were bold wearing your shirt today, but hey, once an alum, re- always an alum, right? I didn't really. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm proud of that, but yeah. I mean, it was just bad last yeah, night. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, yeah, I looked in the mirror and I thought, oh, I didn't pay any attention. I said, oh, that's my badger, one of my badger shirts, but... Still a proud badger. Absolutely, even if they were a little bit of a thud last night. Well, a little bit, wow. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get the, I think the uh, Boyceville fifth grade girls could have beat them last night. You know what, I'll tell Siggy that. Maybe they'll put her in. I think All right, so. Thank she'll you, start ma'am. dribbling. Anytime, Bob. There goes Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning, taking a look at the news on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, it's almost a quarter to six, and uh, we got markets we're going to get to. But again, if you're going to the farm show, day two of the farm show, WPS Farm Show over in Oshkosh, and also Ag Day at the Capitol. But, uh, Jill, we got other things to look at. Well, 7th District, Wisconsin Congressman Tom Tiffany's bill to delist the gray wolf from the Endangered Species Act has 
had its first hearing before the House Natural Resources Subcommittees on Water, Wildlife, and Fisheries. If passed, the bill would take the gray wolf off the federal endangered species list and put controlling authority in the hands of state legislatures and state wildlife officials. In 2020, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service said there were over 6,000 gray wolves in the lower 48 states. This summer, Centennial and Sesquicentennial Farms will be honored once again at the Wisconsin State Fair. While that's a great accomplishment, it pales in comparison to one New York dairy farm. And that's from an article in the Dairy Star magazine, the Dygart Farm of Pal- Palantine Bridge, New York, will celebrate 300 years in the same family later this year as the 13th generation of that family is now operating that farm. And that guy said he's got a son that wants to be the 14th generation. So 300 years and counting, quite an accomplishment, that is for sure. So congratulations to them. Yeah, interesting article in in the Dairy Star magazine about that family there in New York. Markets, hey, we've got those too. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 12 minutes before 6 o'clock. 18 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Altoona Equity. Choice beef steers and heifers, dollar thirty to a dollar fifty nine. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, dollar thirty to a dollar fifty seven. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, dollar forty to a dollar fifty. We had a top of a dollar fifty and a half. Choice Holstein steers, dollar twenty five to a dollar thirty nine. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, a dollar twenty four and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from eighty four to a dollar five. We had a top of a dollar six. Sixty percent of the cows sold from sixty five to eighty three. Bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from sixty four and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of organic cows sold from 145 to 167. The bottom 20% of organic cows sold from $1.44 and down. Cold bulls sold from 95 to $1.10. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95 pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 100 to $305 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $99 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 175 to $425 per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, March 31st, starting at noon. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Now yeah, let's get to more markets here and wrap up the sale barn activity with Jerry Fitzgerald over at Stratford. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Bob, and a good morning to you. And uh, unlike yourself, I do not have a Badger shirt on today, so I don't know what I'll wear. Maybe a Brewer's shirt. <laughs> well, well, yeah, they start tomorrow in Chicago, so hopefully... <laughs> They'll uh, they'll be able to score. They'll probably have a bigger score than the Badgers did at least the last nine minutes of that game when the Badgers were zero shut out. But anyway, I wonder if they that's over. I, wa- I wonder at Wrigley Field do they serve ice beer or that doesn't really make any difference. It's those supposed folks to be in the fifties. Supposed to be in the fifties in Chicago tomorrow, so not a bad day for baseball. So hopefully that will be the way of it. But I'm sure it'll be windy too, as it always is in Chicago. Well, how'd the sale go yesterday? 
It went well, Bob. We'll tell the folks about it. Thank you, and a good morning to everyone. And a summary from yesterday, Tuesday, here at Equity Stratford. And, of course, uh, we'll start with the organic market yesterday. And uh, keep in mind, we do sell organic market cattle every Tuesday here in Stratford. On the high-yielding certified organic cows yesterday, selling from 145 to 160 per pound. Lower-yielding lower organic cows, mostly $1.40 and below. We'll get back to the conventional-type cows now. Steady market on those also. High-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows in yesterday's auction, selling from 89 to 103. Most of the cows so far this week, 68 to 88. Thinner cows, plain light carcass cows, 65 and below. Bull trade, mostly uh, from 98 to $1.07 this week on the bulls. Lighter bulls, 90 and back. Calves continue to be strong. A summary for the first couple of days here on the bull calves, we said on yesterday, very strong, uh, mostly from 125 to 300, up to 345 on Monday. These are Holstein bull calves, folks. Heifer calves this week, mostly 50 to 115. Beef calves, very strong, 250 to 500, up to 550 on Monday on those. So, again, markets are good there. We are at Wednesday already. We get started this morning here at Stratford around 10 o'clock this morning. Full marketing day, including market cattle. We sell most of our fed cattle today also. Sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves, feeder cattle sale today is at 12.30, available on Cattle USA if you want to watch it. And we do have a lot of Holsteins today along with the beef cattle. So if you folks are in the Holstein business, we have a consignment, a large consignment of Holsteins. They're going to weigh from about 550 to 650, fully vaccinated, on grain, ready to go for you. We do have some lighter weight Holsteins weighing around 400, more, more of the greener kind. So a lot of Holsteins today for you folks. And, again, that sale will be at 1230. Don't forget, tomorrow auction does start at 11 o'clock. Markets full marketing day tomorrow is per usual in Stratford with market cattle and baby calves. And we'll be back here tomorrow. Give a summary on the report for today. And, uh, well, the spring jacket is hanging on the hook today. we got to go back to the winter coat here. 19 degrees. I mean, you're getting real desperate. Are you putting the long underwear back on? <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't taken them off yet, have you? Well, no, I, I'll tell you what. It was kind of breezy yesterday. The sun was shining. Yeah, I, huh? I, I went out yesterday, got some ambition. I started uh, initial uh, beginning of the uh, cleanup from that uh, horrible ice storm mess. My backyard looks like, uh, <laughs> well, whatever. But. Yeah, I know. A lot of branches were down. That's for sure. I got the same thing in my backyard. So, But, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, breezy and not real warm yet. So uh, stay warm, and we'll talk to you in the morning. Sounds good, Bob. Thank you much. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Barn. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the rest of our markets brought to you by Synergy Co-op and Ridgeland Board of Trade. Uh, corn was down yesterday, about a penny, an uneven trade. Beans, though, were up. Beans on the May contract up 25 cents, rebounding from last week's sell-off. Wheat was up 12, highest close in a month in the uh, wheat contracts, but uh, dry weather in the winter wheat area. Overnight, July corn down a fraction at 628. The oats down four at 366. The wheat up a nickel at 716. July soybeans down a nickel, 1439. And July meal up, or excuse me, down 90 cents a pound, or 90 cents a ton at $452.70. Some country elevator prices. Northside elevator, loyal location corns at 613 with beans at 1398. Arcadia corns at 613 with, or six. 16 and soybeans are at 1408 and at the wheat and grain chippewa falls location corns at 5 
93 with soybeans at 14.03 and Connorsville corns at 5.93 with beans at 13.98. On the DTN screen, corn and golden plump 6.15 a bushel at Baldwin and Mondovi. $6 on the corn, 14.02 on the beans. Duran, 5.96 and 13.97. Elmwood has $6 corn, the beans, 14.07. Fall Creek, 5.86 and 13.77. Corn at Osseo, 605, beans 1407. Elk Mound has corn at 601, soybeans 1403. $6 even for corn at Sparta, 1412 for the soybeans. Ellsworth, 575 and 1357. Ethanol plants, Boyceville, corn 613, Stanley 617, and at the New Richmond Grain Facility, 607. Barrel cheese down a cent and a quarter, $1.95. Blacks down six and three quarters, 203 and a quarter. Butter up two and a half, 237. Class three lower, March down two at 1805. April down 24 at 1952. May down 44 at 1858. June down 25 at 1835. And July down 12 at 1876. Once again, kind of a cool day today. We'll have sunshine, but it's only going to get to about 29. Winds out of the northwest. It's about 18 right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com. Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap.